Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence, a nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night, and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Ross Rosenberg is with us, has been a psychotherapist since 1988 and is an international speaker, author, professional trainer. He's considered an expert in the fields of codependency, narcissism, gaslighting. We'll tell you what that means. Ross owns the Clinical Care Consultants, which is a multi-location in the Chicago suburbs of Counseling Centers and Self-Love Recovery Institute, which is an educational company promoting personal and professional development. Fascinating work, Ross. Welcome to the program. Well, George, thank you so much for having me on. And staying up so late to be with us, I'm impressed. Well, so is my wife. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. Gaslighting is a phrase that I'm beginning to hear a lot, and it has to do with somebody who's a manipulator. Tell me a little bit more about that, because that's important to tonight. Yeah, gaslighting comes from this movie in the 40s with Charles Borier, and and it kind of lingered in our society. It never really caught on until the politics of the last four years. Gaslighting is when a person who has sociopathic or or psychopathic tendencies purposely manipulates a person into believing they have a problem that never existed, manipulating the environment to prove to them that they have this problem. And once they finally, they fully accept it, they they fall within their control. It, it's, it's a scourge that's, that's impacting so many millions of people globally and, and even in our political system. People don't even know that these ideas that have been implanted in their head are not theirs and fall under the, the predatory um, uh, control of these, of these despicable pathological narcissists. What creates these people, Ross? Well, the, the, these pathological narcissists who have the, you know, who are sociopaths, they come from backgrounds where they were born into families that destroyed their capacity to have empathy. So you, you think about what creates a criminal. It's, it's during the, the formative years, they were crushed psychologically. So they come into adulthood, and all they care about is getting their own needs. To them, it's better to be the, the bug instead mm-hmm. of the bug on the windshield. They will do anything to get what they need, even if it's at the cost of hurting people. And without empathy, they don't have that internal, what we say in the psychological field, they don't have that cognitive dissonance, an internal unease that maybe perhaps they're doing something wrong. How can you tell, uh, you know, the average person, how can they tell that they're dealing with somebody like this? Because they're very coy, aren't they? Yes, and in, in my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, I explain that gaslighters like pedophiles, or I should say gaslighters like people who prey upon younger children, they look for the weak ones. So gaslighters require a person who's codependent, a person who was raised to be selfless, 
to be altruistic, to always believe in people, even mm-hmm. when. So they are they seek that person who is susceptible to their manipulation. It's not a coincidence. Gaslighters cannot fulfill their control destiny with the average healthy person. They need a certain person who lacks psychological strength or has really low self-esteem. So as much as I can tell you about what are the red flags, and I will, what are the red flags for a gaslighter and how do you find them, they find their victims. Any person who's been gaslit comes from a background where they have already been beaten down, they've already been any any self-esteem or any feeling that of their intuition is correct has been surgically removed from them, and gaslighters can spot them. They can sniff them out, and that's where the human magnet syndrome um, comes to bear. The narcissist needs the codependent, and the codependent needs the narcissist like a dancing couple without their... It's opposite. almost like a parasite a host on a host. Yeah, it's like that, but the, and the part that I emphasize in my book is the codependent actually feels like they're getting something from the narcissist, and that's why they fall prey to these gaslighting monsters. They feel good about it? Absolutely. It, it, so it, to understand the human magnet syndrome is to understand that when codependents meet narcissists, they fall in love with them. They experience joy, and, and it's such wonderful soulmate cloud. Really? How long does that continue? It continues until the narcissist comes out of their shell, their, their, their mask is taken off, and at that time, the codependent, by their very nature, because of their personality, their weakness, their low self-esteem, their lack of experience in setting boundaries, they are trapped. And then when they are trapped, they make the decision that they've known their whole life. And every codependent will tell you is why fight something because it's better to be in a relationship than to be alone. And that combination, that what I call the metaphorical dance partnership, that the leader needs the follower. They both are getting something from it. And as much as, as, much as I, I can tell your listeners, and I will, look out for these traits, you also have to look out for yourself because if you are suffering from horrible self-esteem and, and you have no self-love and you, and you fit the, the, you know, this codependent description, that's going to get you at the end. It's not the guy who's going to trick you. Because to a healthy person, George, that, that not only do these monsters not even try mm-hmm. to, to connect to or manipulate healthy people, they're afraid of them. They can smell them. Well, what, who is, what is a healthy person these days, Ross? Well, see, I've always had this definition. And, you know, being in the psychotherapy field 31 years and having a few years <laughs> on the side of the couch, healthy <laughs> is someone who has problems. Normal and healthy is a person who has problems, who has internal resources to solve them, or seeks external resources, whether it's a rabbi, a priest, a therapist. To me, that is healthy, where you love yourself and respect yourself enough to know, hey, this really sucks. I don't like what's going on in my life. I need help. i got to fix it. That kind yeah, of thing. To me, that's, that is the definition of health, because I don't believe, maybe I'm jaded, I don't believe that people... There's people that don't have problems. I think that's well, I, everybody does. We're humans, right? And to me, to me, that's a red flag. <laughs> someone's someone's hiding something. Interesting. Now, the person who is the manipulated one, the person who gets manipulated by this narcissist, or this this gaslighter, hmm. are they weak generally? 
They are weak. See, to understand a codependent is to understand they just don't happen because of their personality. These people, just like the narcissist, they come from families that um, created this psychopathology, this mental health problem. So they are by nature afraid of being alone. They are terrified of loneliness. They have so much shame, and, and they're conscious of it. And so when they, they need someone to feel good about themselves, so when they fall in love with the beautiful, charming, seductive narcissist, or the bold, funny... Could be man or a woman, right? Oh, absolutely. I was going to say, man, they feel like they hit the jackpot. They have, and they don't see a narcissist like, oh, I'm, an, I'm a poor, pathetic codependent. I'll take the narcissist. No, they think of that handsome, edgy bold, charismatic man or woman, and they think, oh, my God, I've met my soulmate. <laughs> and conversely, the pathological narcissists find someone that they can talk about their problems all night. They can go on a date and talk for an hour and a half straight, not be interrupted, talk about their three failed marriages, why they won't pay child support, and that person across the table from them grabs their hand, cries, and says, oh, my gosh, I feel so bad for you. It's like, they, it's like the two are matched so perfectly, and that's the human magnet syndrome. That's the draw that brings them together. But if you are the gaslighting type of narcissist, because not all narcissists are gaslighters, that's the target you want. You uh, are looking for that. And, and generally, let's say out of 10 people, what percent would be the narcissist or the sociopath or the gaslighter? Well, they say statistics are hard to compile when it comes to narcissists for one reason, is narcissists don't know they're narcissistic. Two, They do not? No, no. The part, part of the diagnosis um, is uh, for narcissistic personality disorder or what we call the sociopath, the diagnosis is antisocial personality disorder because, you know, we in the field, we actually have to abide by diagnostic criteria. It means that they're not outgoing? No, they don't know that there's anything wrong with them. They tend to... Ex- externalize all their problems. If something bad happens, they see it in other people. They blame everybody else. They blame, and it's called projection. They put they they put onto others what they can't accept in themselves. So if a narcissist meets another narcissist, they will like be mad because that person is selfish and self. They hate each other, right? Yeah, because yeah, it's funny because huh. they're they're talking about themselves and they don't even know it. And so it, it's so easy to spot. If you're mentally healthy, and again, according to my normal mental healthy uh, definition, it's so easy to spot because they're so broken and need another broken person to feel normal. Yeah, I, want, I want to get a better picture of this, if we can, Ross. So kind oh, sure. of give us, give us a story or, or an example, first of all, of the narcissistic person or the gaslighter. Absolutely. So, well, first of all, um, all gaslighters are what I call pathological narcissists that have a disorder that's either a narcissistic personality disorder or antisocial personality disorder, which most people know as sociopath. They are um, they they lack empathy. They are very selfish. They are entitled. They believe that their needs supersede everyone else's. They have this grandiose belief of themselves. In other words, they. They, they sincerely believe that they are bigger and better than they really are, and, and it's a distorted sense of self. They, they are pushy. They can be arrogant. They can be vain. So, and so this is what I would call your standard run-of-the-mill narcissist. The gaslighter is that narcissist, but now you have to add what we, sociopathy. You have to add 
um, not having a conscience, not having empathy, not, not feeling at all bad um, at hurting someone. They have to be not only tuned out, but having no connection because they, they hurt someone so badly that having any empathy would disrupt them. So, so I'll think of one. I, I have a client whose uh, who's, uh, uh, husband was a, uh, a medical doctor. The husband was, okay. Husband was a medical doctor. And she was 21, and she came from the family that was so typical of codependence. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about narcissists. And he immediately took control of the family, and she felt she was fulfilling her dream. She found a man. She found a doctor. She got a house. Right. And he immediately started arranging not only the family in her life. She found herself pregnant once, twice, three times. And little by little, he would berate her and tell her what is wrong with her. He would manipulate her or the environment or other people to prove that she was inept socially, that her anxiety was out of control. She already had anxiety because she had low self-esteem. Right, and this just magnified. Well, not only did it magnify, he created, um, he, he, he manipulated the environment to prove to her that she had something that she didn't have. So at the end of the night, he would say, wow, you were really anxious. And, you know, people came up to me and asked me if you're okay. You know, maybe you should get some help. Was he making that up? Yes. That's it. They are are manipulating the environment systematically in order to implant a narrative. And a narrative is a story about yourself. So they're liars. They're more than liars. They, They are... Uh, they're sociopaths. They, they they have a plan to hurt, dominate, and destroy someone's individual psychological spirit for the purpose of control and domination. I mean, do they? Is it exciting to them to do this? Why do they do this? They have a need for it, right? Um, my experience is that the gaslighters don't do it because of excitement. Um, it is because they have this need to feel safe and control in a world that doesn't love them, in a world that hates them. So they have to figure out a way to exist um, in their own little bubble, secret bubble, feeling like they are on top of the world in which they are godlike, where they can control people and, and make people love and admire them and keep them trapped without outside interference. If one of these people, Ross, comes to you for help, how do you get them out of this situ- situation? <laughs> I don't. And, it's and not easy, is it? Well, no. Well, well it's impossible. Uh, research shows that it's virtually impossible to, um, to have successful outcomes for people who are sociopathic. Really? You can't help someone who not only doesn't think they have a problem, but who doesn't feel bad about a problem. You have to have some form of dissonance in your thinking. You have to have guilt, sadness, regret. Therapy relies on the fundamental psychological function of feeling bad about what's going on in your life or yourself. If you, if you are a sociopath, gaslighter, or extreme narcissist, you are only feeling bad if someone's catching you. You are feeling so satisfied and fulfilled because you have created your own little bubble where you have your little zombie slave who, who has been inculcated or manipulated to believe there's someone else and they don't even know it. You've cut off their relationships with others. 
You've sometimes cut them off from working. You've interfered with their ability to get help from psychologists. You've, you've interfered with their relationships with families. You have isolated them so perfectly and masterfully that you are guaranteed to maintain this godlike, powerful persona that makes you feel good. Interesting. And sociopaths, you live for that. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.